When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Gosh, football nerds, we are here talking Notre Dame football for 2021. And yeah, that's right. We're actually talking about something besides Oklahoma and Texas. I know everybody on YouTube is hammering that to the death, but we want to talk Notre Dame football. And Josh is here with me. One, maybe two pieces of homework for y'all. One, let us know in the comments what you think Notre Dame's uh, schedule results record, their overall record is going to be this year. And two, if you like what we're doing here, it helps us out a whole lot, especially getting us going again after our off-season slumber. If you share our content on whatever platform you like to talk about Notre Dame football, might be Facebook, might be a forum, wherever that goes for you, if you share us, it helps us out a lot. All right, Josh, we're going to talk Notre Dame, and I want to start off with a little bit of like, you know, we get frustrated because we defend Notre Dame a lot to people who give them flack, especially given that they haven't – you're not beating Alabama or Clemson in the playoffs. But, look, nobody's – the only team who's beaten Alabama or Clemson in the playoffs really are Alabama or Clemson. And so it's frustrating to me where people – one, they don't understand the limitations that Notre Dame is working with um, and what a really great thing it is, testament to that program, that they're in the playoffs at all. This is three championship – opportunity since 2012 for them um and it's a little frustrating because i feel like you know okay you're not alabama or clemson but nobody else in college football is um and 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 i think that last year like texas a&m liked to talk about how they deserve that spot over notre dame but they really struggled for three and a half quarters with north carolina and they already get been murdered uh by alabama that year so no we didn't need to see that game again but can you talk a little bit about expectations for this year in Notre Dame in that 
given their turnover, it might be a little bit of a step back, but there's certain things that we need to see in terms of improvement, and that's okay. Like, if they're not a playoff team this year, that's okay. And maybe they are and they surprise us, but maybe this is a year where we can kind of reset and re-level expectations and build up for the future. I really don't think 2020 Notre Dame gets enough credit for how good they are. Everybody talks about them. Well, you beat Clemson, but only because Trevor Lawrence was out. I, I think DJ Uangalele is a really underrated passer. I'm not sure how much they're going to take a huge step back without him. I think He's it was better than Trevor that, Lawrence. Yeah, I think I really think Notre Dame beat Clemson because Notre Dame was better than Clemson that day. It, it wasn't a bunch of fluky turnover plays. Notre Dame played good defense. Notre Dame had good and explosive offense, and they beat them. And say what you will about the Notre Dame-Alabama game, but Notre Dame in many ways played them closer than anybody else had, maybe save Ole Miss three weeks into the season. But in terms of physicality, in terms of just staying with them athletically, nobody else all year was able to keep Alabama more or less in front of them and just make them go all the way down the field slowly and make them punt some. Notre Dame did that. And I think that says a lot about Brian Kelly and what he builds in the program. And it's not as flashy or exciting because they're not blowing the doors off people. But what they're doing is they're building a consistently good, sound football program that has good athletes and plays up to their potential. Where the problem lies, in my opinion, is people's underestimation of the difficulty of Notre Dame scheduling. Now, we are sometimes seen as critical because we talk about the fact that they don't have elite star power on the schedule. Now that's going to happen again this year. There's nobody on the schedule this year that honestly will probably even be a top 10 team. But you know what? There are a lot of teams in the schedule this year that are going to end up being ranked. And you got to be pretty good to beat those teams that are ranked on a consistent basis. And Notre Dame may win a lot of games by two touchdowns where, you know, it's a one score game in the fourth quarter And they could be really, really good because it's tough to beat this many solid programs on a consistent basis. And Kelly consistently brings out a team that does that. So I I think that's the problem with expectations. And I'll say in particular going into this year, and I think we talked about this a little bit before, so I know you seem to agree with me. This year, given where Notre Dame's at, given the number of guys they lost coming off last year, uh, the the number of guys or the guys in particular that are starting... This is maybe not a playoff contender killer schedule, but this is a killer schedule for a team that's trying to finish around 10th in the country. A team that's not the 5th best talented team, maybe the 10th best talented team on a rebuilding year. This schedule is brutal because there's a lot of teams that can beat you on this schedule. And a team that, let's say you're 15th in the country, a team that's 15th in the country very easily can drop 3 or 4 games. Uh, you know, end up being nine and three or nine and four after a bowl, given just the number of named teams on this schedule. Yeah, and one of the teams they open with, Florida State, where you know we were having them last year and we missed that. Um, I think we were a year early. I am kind of doubling down this year, and I think that Florida State is going to be a good football team. They may not be you know eleven and one type good, but an eight and four type team or a 9-3 and three type team in your opener is no joke. And the thing that frustrates me is, you know, one, the same people that aren't giving Notre Dame enough credit are going to say, okay, let's say Notre Dame wins but struggles with Florida State. They're going to be like, oh, well, you struggle with Florida State, you suck. 
Florida State might be good. That's a tough game. They should get credit for that. It's on the road as well. Um, and I just think it's going to be one of those things where because they don't have that top five team on their on their schedule, like you said, people are going to completely discount their schedule. But they don't have a lot of off weeks. They have a lot of good mid-tier name brands. And, oh, by the way, the same people that are saying Cincinnati should have played for the playoffs last year, if Notre Dame only beats Cincinnati by four points this year, they won't get credit for it. And that's why people don't schedule Cincinnati and UCF Um, because Cincinnati is a good football team. And they are going to give Notre Dame a hard time. They'd give anybody a hard time this year. Um, And if Notre Dame wins that game, they're not going to get credit. The problem I see for Notre Dame this year is I feel like, yes, they do have, and I'll let you talk about personnel in a second, they had a lot of turnover, but they they did keep some star power there. I don't know that they have enough of that thing that we always brag about, them being greater than the sum of their parts. I don't know that they'll have enough of that gelled yet, given their turnover last year, to be able to go first what is it, five games, they've got Florida State, Wisconsin, and Cincinnati in those first five games. Then they got to go play at Lane Stadium, which Virginia Tech may not be great, but it's still a road game at Lane Stadium. Then USC, and then North Carolina, who's a good football team. So um, talk a little bit about that in terms of like where you see the biggest trap games for them given this schedule um and and kind of what scares you the most if you're looking at the schedule overall one of the biggest takeaways from looking at Notre Dame's turnover going into this year is you know you lose four out of five linemen obviously you lose the quarterback and on the defensive side you lose a lot of the guys that were your stars I mean you lose Ogun Deji you lose Owusu Karamoa um and yeah you get Kyle Hamilton back quote unquote I mean a guy that was banged up a lot last year but there was a lot of disruption on the defensive side, and there was a lot of physicality on the offensive side. So my concerns for Notre Dame really are earlier in the year when they're probably going to be trying to to gel uh, in terms – because those are the two things that are the huff, toughest to get through, really, is offensive line play and the decided, defensive side of the ball. It's disruption on the front seven. Uh, and you, I think there's a lot of shakeups at corner for, for Notre Dame. I, I don't think it's really settled what the secondary is going to end up playing like outside of Hamilton, who's a superstar. And so, to me, it's that Florida State game and it's the Wisconsin game that are the traps. Now, Wisconsin and Cincinnati, those are scary. Wisconsin, Cincinnati, and Virginia Tech all in a row, that's a difficult, legitimately difficult three-game stretch. And it's not super early in the season, but we're still talking like beginning of October. That's the part that concerns me that Notre Dame may drop a game. I don't know how Florida State will go. Florida State has not been good on the line of scrimmage on both sides in a while. Now, they're radically turned over due to uh, the transfer portal this year. That game scares me. But it's that Wisconsin-Cincinnati-Virginia Tech series, and particularly Wisconsin and Cincinnati back-to-back. Those are two teams that are legitimately good on on the offensive-defensive line on a consistent basis, play physical football. And I think... um, you know, with those two, you you've got a chance where you know maybe your offensive line has a bad day. You got a transfer quarterback in Cone that I never thought he was particularly good at Wisconsin. He's a steady hand. That's about all I can say. Um, if you're not getting explosiveness out of the offense, and I I don't see it from the quarterback or the receiver position, honestly, not at a high level. Um, if that offensive line isn't gelling, you you can have a really bad day on offense. And given the lack of you know, at least on paper disruption, you can lose sort of a grinded out game early in the season. So I, I think that's 
that's the tough part. And I the other ones, I think the other ones are obvious. I mean, North Carolina should be really good this year. A lot of people think they are. USC. It's a just it's a tough schedule. I mean, there's just there's not much I can point to in the schedule and say it's going to be easy. It's a tough schedule with a lot of hard outs. Probably going to be a lot of grinded out, unexciting to most people football games. And if Brian Kelly can find a way to win nine or ten games in this regular season, I think it's going to be a really major accomplishment given that every school has to go through a rebuilding year. This is absolutely Notre Dame's rebuilding year for the most part. Um, and it's against a schedule that really top to bottom is going to have a lot of ranked teams on it. Okay, I'm going to do this thing where, and we just kind of did it in our Oklahoma preview, but I'm going to do this thing where I might upset some of our listeners because I'm not going to be excited about some of they really liked. But I'm going to let you spin it into how that is actually maybe a good thing. So you and I were never that high on Ian Book. And we've been frustrated a little bit because we have been right about Notre Dame a lot for the last four or five years, good and bad. Like we defend them to people that, that crush them, but Notre Dame, you know, a lot of Notre Dame hardcore fans end up not liking us because we don't, we have some things that concern us throughout the course of the year. If we're going to compare them to a championship standard. And, one of those things that frustrated Notre Dame fans last year and maybe a little bit the year before is we weren't ever that high on Ian Book. And for me, that may be kind of a good thing. And you can talk about that in terms of returning depth, returning players and players that leave that weren't that great. I'm also not that high on Cone. I don't know that he's been named the starter yet or not. Um, but I think two things here, and I'll let you talk about it. One, if we were right about Ian Book and he wasn't that great, then it shows you that the system that Kelly puts together across the board, not just offensive system, the, the system and the team that doesn't need an elite plus quarterback to win a boatload of games. That's a good thing. And two, even if Cone is the starter and he's not a great quarterback, that may not be that bad of a thing for Notre Dame this year. Well, I think you already kind of started to spin on it, but I can finish it off. I felt like Book was a good quarterback. I never felt like he was a great quarterback. I never felt like his decision-making was that great. I never felt like his accuracy was that great. He would get heralded at weird times, and I always felt like he was a guy that was going to be a B-plus quarterback on a consistent basis. But if you feel that's true, then you don't necessarily feel like it's a huge loss to lose him. We talked about that, again, like you're saying with Oklahoma. People put a lot on, like, Ronnie Perkins at Oklahoma who was a DN, and when he came back healthy, their defense was great. I never bought that that was the cause. And for Notre Dame last year, I think Notre Dame was good because of the sum of their parts. And to a certain degree, I think you know, Book had his good and bad games, but I, I feel like he took some steps back in certain ways. And I think there's probably more talent on that offensive side of the ball, you know, in terms of skill position talent, than maybe they get credit for. And maybe you get more of that out of Cone. And I'll say Cone wasn't really working with many good pieces a few years ago when, uh, when they went through and won the division in the Big Ten. Um, and he's a guy that may be a better player a couple years later after that. 
So the potential is there for, I think, Notre Dame to surprise people a little bit in terms of their offensive quality. They didn't lose a ton. The guys they did lose, I didn't think were quite as good as they'd been made out to be. And that can be a good thing. And that's all great and true, though. I mean, the question for me is still the offensive line. So I think, the again, for me, it really comes down to the fact that I think Notre Dame is going to be a good team. I think Notre Dame may be like 15th best team quality-wise in the country, 10th best team in the country quality-wise. And I'm not sure what the schedule looks like just because they're going to play a lot of teams that are going to be in that range. And to your point before, you know, they've been 5th to 10th best team in the country on a consistent basis. And people give them a hard time because, you know what, the 7th best team in the country frequently gets run out of the stadium by the, the top team in the country. Those number one, number two teams particularly at the very end of the year, when you're in a playoff situation where they get time to prepare, where they're focused and they're healthy, they consistently run you out of the stadium. That's why I'm not a huge fan of an 18 playoff in particular, because I don't want to see one play eight and two play seven. One and two are going to kill them more often than not. Notre Dame, it is a huge accomplishment with all the things they operate under to be sixth, seventh, eighth best team quality-wise. They're never going to have the same talent because of their admission standards and the curriculum. This team is a little bit of a step back from that, but the same magic that lets them be a playoff team and the eighth best talented team means it wouldn't shock me if Brian Kelly takes a team that maybe, maybe in terms of talent, maybe they're 15th, maybe they're 20th best in the country in terms of talent. I know they got some guys like Mayer and Hamilton, but I'm just saying overall, um, and they may still win nine or 10 games and that, that wouldn't shock me at all. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see Notre Dame this year because it's going to be one of the more difficult coaching jobs for Brian Kelly. And and real quick before I close this out, 30 seconds, give me your, your floor for Notre Dame this year and your ceiling for Notre Dame this year in terms of win total, including postseason. So I think the ceiling for Notre Dame this year – I would say probably probably a one loss season. I think eleven and one is potentially doable, just because there's not that many again giant killers. But I don't see any way they get through them on uh, unfazed. Now, in terms of floor, you could be the twentieth or twenty fifth best team in the country and lose. I don't know, five games. I mean, you could legit be seven and five. You could be, and this was our complaint a few years ago, when Texas A&M literally played number one four times. Different teams ranked number one four times in the same year. They went eight and four, and they were unranked at one point. And that's going to be, that could be Notre Dame's problem. I mean, they could go seven and five and be be one of the 25 best teams in terms of quality. But they've just played so many teams that could be one of the 15 best teams in the country, and they could lose all of them. Uh, and end up being a seven and five team that's a lot better than that record. So it's, I think the odds of like nine and three out of that are really likely. Splitting the baby with some of those games, I, I think, is going to be very, very likely from Notre Dame personally. Yeah, and I think that speaks to what you said before on how challenging when you have that big of a spread. Like George is going to go, their floor is ten games. Like they're going to win ten games this year. So and their schedule is a lot easier than Notre Dame's to get to 10 games. Maybe not to get to the playoffs, but to get to 10 games. 
So that speaks to how tough that coaching job is uh, for Kelly this year. All right, so I want to plug a video we did. We ranked our top 10 coaches in college football this year. Um, I'll also link that in the description. Y'all going to watch that because we had a lot of good things to say about your coach, um, and it was a pretty good for us video uh, overall. Um, remember, let us know in the comments what you think about Notre Dame's season this year. Give us what you think the record's going to be and maybe what their biggest trap game is. Thanks so much, y'all. Have a great week, and God bless. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.